building a fitness channel to 500,000 subscribers, the process of building an app, and a whole wide variety of health and fitness gains. Welcome to episode 21 with the founder of Anabolic Aliens, Mike Rosa. You are listening to Len Jones, Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at TrueFace.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, party people? You already know it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And you know, I truly believe we need more people spreading good news, good vibes, and positive stories to remind you that you are capable of accomplishing your goals and making moves. It's crazy that how when we listen to negativity, the mosquito bites just rack on. And honestly, if there's anything I hate more in the world, it's mosquitoes. Would be totally cool if they just got wiped off the face of the earth. I think only bats would be mad. So I commend you for taking some time to listen to this podcast to fill up your brain berry tank with some high quality Jones. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. To educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come up stories of incredible humans by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in my life that are making moves to meet my other friends in life that are making moves to create one giant community of extraordinary people. I know in my personal health journey, I have struggled a ton trying to remain on the bright side, but it's people like Mike that are the perfect remedy for helping you get back on track and in the mindset to conquer. I've known Mike since college, and man, this guy has grown, and I'm talking in life, business, and obviously massive gains. Mike started a fitness YouTube channel years ago and takes pride in having never missed a week when he didn't upload new content. Mike has went on to rack up close to 500,000 subscribers on YouTube, started a workout app, created coaching programs along with an apparel line, and now has clients all over the globe. He has set himself up so that he can live and work wherever he wants, and the best part is is that he's doing what he loves, helping people obtain their health goals. On today's episode, Mike breaks down topics such as the pros and cons of intermittent fasting, how he reinvested his early earnings to give birth to his app, strategies used to produce great content on a frequent basis, things he wished he knew when he first got started, and so much more health and fitness of brain berries. Now, before we start, I must say, if you enjoy this podcast and want to support future conversations like these, please leave a positive review. It means a lot. And so without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, homie, we are live. We are live with the legend, Mr. Mike Rosa. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Man, Mike, you have grown into such a beast, both physically and mentally since college. I'm always grinding, man. No, it's it's been interesting because ever since school, you're always super motivated, you know? Like obviously in college everyone wants to, you know, rage, have fun, enjoy life in school, but while you were doing all the things that most college kids were doing, you were low key building the foundation which is now, you know, anabolic aliens. And that that is awesome, man. Can you can you just like start off just be, jump right into it? Like do you remember the first video you ever recorded of you working out? Dude, I yeah, it was uh July first time we released it was July 2nd, 2014. It was in the Chumpsford High School gym. And you look back, it doesn't even look like me, dude. <laughs> it was before it was like right when I was really getting into lifting before my first powerlifting competition. 
I was 18 years old and <laughs> I was so small compared to right now. It's crazy looking back, but it's inspiration looking back too. Right. So you're in school and you just got into working out and did you just think to yourself, okay, if I'm going to work out, I might as well share my workouts or did you kind of have a vision from day one or were you just kind of testing the waters? Yeah, there actually was really no business vision at all from day one. It was more just something I love to do. I fell in love with exercise, noticing change in my body, and I was like, if I'm seeing all this progress and it's making me more confident in myself, making me happier in life, might as well start sharing my progress and hopefully it can help other people spark their interest and get them motivated to do the same. And then as things just started developing and I just was consistent with myself, it made it possible to be consistent with releasing work content because I was doing it myself. So it's just basically like just doing what I love, releasing basically kind of a hobby and hopefully just having some other people get triggered and do their own thing too. What what struck the name Anabolic Aliens? <laughs> yeah, so I we didn't just want to be like some other fitness company, meaning like Mike Rose of Fitness or whatever we wanted to call it, fitness. We wanted to kind of have something that stand it out and it was like it kind of just developed into anabolic aliens. It's kind of like a play on words, meaning a lot of people associate anabolic with steroids, and I'm a drug free lifter. So, what, how I kind of like rationalize that is basically saying like, um, it means like anabolic means to grow to build. So aliens, I'm like an I'm like an alien to steroids or whatever. But I kind of just say in simpler terms, gains out of this world. So gains <laughs> out of this world. That's awesome. You know, I I, I see you rocking your own gear. And there's got to be something super empowering whenever you're wearing your own merchandise. Would you agree about that? Dude, repping the alien just fires me up. It's motivation at its finest. <laughs> right. It's like for anyone that's listening to this, you know, if you're really looking for that extra burst of confidence, build your own brand and then wear that brand. You know, why are you wearing everyone else's brand? Why not build your brand and wear it? I mean, with now... Today's you can literally build a t-shirt in a heartbeat within 10 seconds shipped to your door with your logo and brand on it. You know, you just look in the mirror and you just feel like a completely different person. You're walking around proudful advertisement for yourself. <laughs> so you're in school and you're you're busting out these videos and it must be kind of like almost, you know, lonely in those beginning stages, right? Because people aren't really watching all your stuff and, and, and maybe you might have feelings of self-doubt or like what the heck am I doing did you ever have any feeling of self-doubt when you started this whole thing or were you just was it always just like a fun thing to you so you kind of just like always had hater blockers on well to be honest I've never really never really had to have too many hater blockers on because it really was the process of just doing something I love and sharing what I love and hopefully helping people in the process I mean it's kind of hard to hate on that when you're not like trying to false sell anything you're just basically sharing something you love and it hopefully can help some other people out so there never was really too much hate um but like it, when i was building everything consistency was everything because there were a ton of times where i was like crap i don't want to get out of i don't want to release anything this week i'm tired um i have too much homework or something but it really was something i just loved doing and that's what made it something that was easy to keep going forward with because it wasn't really about how many subscribers i was getting how many views i was getting or how I could basically grow my popularity, I'd say. It was more just about staying consistent, making myself stay on track because by doing so, it helped me just build myself and make everything um, more consistent and smooth for my own goals. So it kind of all just worked together. That's cool. So you basically used it as an accountability to yourself, 
which is that's a huge major key right there. Um, I, I love that what you just talked about, like your focus was entirely on helping people. And it's like if you can help enough people get what they want before you know it, you can have anything that you want. But just like the way you're saying it, it's all about helping other people. And people need to change their mindset when they're starting off on their journeys because they need to ask themselves, are they doing this for them or are they doing this for others? So, I mean, that's a that's a major key. Can you talk about like kind of like the process that goes into, um, say, uploading a video and kind of how that's changed over the years? <laughs> it it was definitely a lot easier back in the day. Um, when I first started out, I sent my buddy like some video clips and he'd help me edit it because I had no idea how to edit. So he'd help me edit it at the beginning and then um, just release it. Didn't know anything about metadata. So it was just basically put up a little video and then let it be. But now it's a like a three, four hour process just to get the video getting ready to go onto YouTube before it even goes public have to edit the video and it depends on the video because um my vlogs they take me around eight to ten hours to edit just that one video versus like a quick workout which takes around like one two hours to edit but then you upload that rendering process takes a while and then it's um optimizing all of your metadata which is like your tags descriptions um your title your custom thumbnail and then all like end screens cards and placing them in the right places so it's really come down to a tactic strategy for SEO and just optimizing my um, metadata as much as possible to try to make my content as visible as possible because you know there's so much content out there these days you can release the best thing in the world and it's never going to get seen unless you try to optimize that search unless you try to optimize it like the search engine optimization algorithm so that that takes a bunch of time but then when it's public you got to share it to the multiple platforms you have get the word out there then hopefully it takes off from that point it's it's really grown into a whole process rather than just like upload and put it out there then bye bye I'll see the next video you know yeah 8 to 10 hours wow i mean it makes sense because even just editing any sort of video i understand completely where you're coming from but for someone that's not understanding that so you're taking basically like a day's footage and then turning that and then the turnaround time is about eight hours. And that process has to do with, like you said, building it, curating it. Do you ever just sit there and like spend two, three hours just trying to find the perfect song to your video and just like, God, I just wasted so much time. <laughs> it's funny. Not really the perfect song, but what takes me so long is I'll have like a 45 second, 45 second clip of workouts and I'll put, I'll match the like lifts and movements to the song beat. And that will take me like three to four hours to make it perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's like your kind of daily method of operations has become very systematic. And um, there's something to, to talk about in terms of money making activities. Like what are you doing every single day that's moving the needle towards your goal, towards your business, towards your future? Um, can you kind of talk a little bit more about your daily method of operations in terms of producing constant content? Yeah, I mean, YouTube is actually only one of my um, platforms for revenue. I don't even really consider it a major platform of revenue for me because I use it more as a marketing marketing opportunity. Um, my main streams are like my app, Axerprise. I'm always working on new ideas and navigations for my app, and I'm going to start recruiting athletes and everything. And yeah, my app is really started to take off um, as I keep developing and more and more. I have over 50,000 users on there now, and that's become a huge platform for me. And then on my website, I do coaching, uh, sell programs. I do a little bit of apparel, which isn't a main focus, but that's just a whole other platform. Um, and that, when you have your own platform, you have to understand YouTube is owned by Google. I'm not the owner of Google, obviously. 
So I have control over my website, whereas maybe someday YouTube crash or something, I still have people, I have four to 6,000 people a month just going to my website for traffic. And if I can optimize that traffic, it's gonna create a much larger source of income than a platform owned by someone like Google. And so like my app Exaprise, my website, and then I have my sponsors, and then um, I also I also have my own private course where I'm doing, it's called Galactic Guide to Gains. Nice. Um, I, <laughs> I just, that and it's basically it's a six week um, online. Um, it's kind of like a little class I have people coming through. They're following actionable steps throughout the whole course, and it's live interactive coaching with me. And that's been a huge, huge thing for me as well. And then I'm just always exploring different opportunities. Damn man, you're busy, but it all kind of you know you started off doing these consistent videos and it evolved into this this whole uh, different streams, multiple streams of income. So your app. Exerprise, where was that like idea first originated? Did you ever think like I should do that and then you kind of held off on doing it for quite some time? Or did you feel like the second it came into your mind, you just went straight into action doing it? Yeah, so I mean the video the videos that really sparked the most growth on my YouTube channel were these intense workouts. Um, time convenient workouts, equipment convenient workouts, what could really help people who were limited on time and take away their no excuse, take away that excuses that could, they could create for themselves and create no excuses. So in my head, this is right when I graduated college, I was like, all right, I have time to actually make this a whole business instead of just a YouTube channel. So what can I do exactly? Then I was like, you know what? Apps are gonna skyrocket in sales. I was looking up research and like to like 2022, it's supposed to do like another 56% increases in app development and how many people are using apps. So then I came to the idea, this is working on my YouTube channel. Might as well make something that is going to be able to optimize under my full control rather than something that's owned by Google. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to create some kind of app that I can choose my muscle groups just like my intense workouts. I can choose my equipment options just like my intense workouts. Have them have the freedom to choose time intervals. And then now it's even developed into sets and reps. You can choose time or sets and reps. And then a huge factor, which I know is so hard for people, is how long they can work out for. So I gave them the full customization to choose how long they work out for and the app will generate a workout for you like this. And it's just, it really, as soon as I had that idea, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna send it. <laughs> and then I just went <laughs> full of it. I'm, a, I'm very, I don't wanna say impulsive, but when I have an idea like that, I need to act on it right away because I know ugh, tomorrow never comes. You gotta, you gotta chase after it when you have something gold in your eyes. Amen, that's what they, one of my favorite audios is The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rome. And he says that the second a good idea sparks into your mind, whether it's midnight or first thing in the morning, take action on it. You know, if you want to have a better library, go buy that book right now. If you want to go to the gym, go to the gym right now. Like, just take action because before you know it, it will go away. And, you know, there are so many good ideas that are lost because people aren't taking action on them. How has the learning process been of building an app? I mean, I know that you weren't a software developer in school. Um, like how has that been in terms of building a back end front end and just like the technology behind that? Uh, has it been an, an easy journey or frustrating or can you kind of expand upon that? Yeah. So um, it's actually been a pretty crazy whole process. I mean, I don't have, I have no idea how to do any of the coding and stuff for the app. So it was a pretty crazy coincidence. One of my subscribers um, actually reached out to me and he ended up being an app developer and and I started talking to him. We went back and forth, had a bunch of Skype consultations and kind of just talked things over. And I kind of just put my trust into this guy and wrote up a contract. He's from India, so I outsourced it to India. 
And I actually found out that um, as I, well, like we kept going back with negotiations, Indi going through like an outsourcing, like an Indian um, place, uh, you save sixty to eighty thousand dollars just by not doing it in the U.S. And that was the biggest obstacle developing the app was um, the money. Meaning, I've already spent over a hundred grand on just developing this app, wow. and I'm twenty three years old. <laughs> I'm twenty three years old, and when I first started, I was right out of school, so it was tough to really make that all happen and that's why it started with just um the iphone version and then it went to the android version and then as money kept coming in it just kept building and building everything i make basically was put back into the business but um that's like the main thing you kind of kind of understand when you're starting something like that something that takes so much time so much money so much effort you can't really expect to be making bank right in the beginning you gotta everything you do make even if it is a lot of money it has to go back into that development and i mean it's Luckily, I am so passionate about it. So for me, I have a blast just drawing out navigations. I drew out every single navigation for my app, every single idea, every single concept, how I wanted to go from this to this and everything. Then uh, the coolest thing about having a developer is makes your ideas come to life. Anything is possible with the app development. Just got to have a solid foundation of your idea and then you can see it come alive. It's incredible. Man, that is that is amazing. I mean, most people... When they think about creating an app, they think, okay, I'm just going to put something out. It's going to become an overnight success and, and yin, yada, boom. A lot of people have to raise a significant amount of money to get it off the ground. So everything you've done is completely self-funded. Yeah. So I, I haven't taken on any loans or anything. I basically just, I'm really good. I'm pretty financially responsible. I don't really buy a bunch of crap. I just save up my money and put it into places that I know I can kind of expand on in the future with my business because I know what I want to do. And I have to set myself up to be able to do it. So, right. Do you have like a uh, like a laser focused, say five to ten year goal? Like, do you feel like you know exactly where you want to be one, three, five, ten years out from now? The thing I definitely want to be in the fitness industry. It's pretty hard with um what I do exactly to have a specific idea of the next ten years. I mean, I'll, I plan to be running my YouTube channel. I plan to be running my media's. I plan to be running a bunch of things, um, all the things I kind of have full control over, like releasing programs and do, and just doing what I love and what really got me into this whole business in the first place. But um, something like my app, I mean, I consider myself, I am an entrepreneur. I want to keep building and expanding more businesses. I want to build my app up to a point where I can have someone else take control over it. I'll sell that and start my next project. So I want to keep, I want to keep having my main foundations, my medias and having the following I can be basically help influence to make themselves live better lives. But on top of that, I just want to keep building more and more businesses. <laughs> nice, man. You caught the bug. And and <laughs> and it's it's cool because I think there's something to say that, you know, you don't have to be the brightest person to build any business. And this is what I'm talking about from just all the people I've ever talked to. You know, it's the number one driver is passion. Um, because there's a million eight great ideas, right? Like you can talk to anyone. Everyone has a good idea. But execution is just a whole nother thing, right? Like you can have a good idea. Everyone probably thought of creating, you know, electric cars and then Elon executed, you know, like how many people can have that level of execution. And what's cool about your journey is you have executed on producing content for years and years and now you know your channel's at 468,000 subscribers which is essentially a giant pool of incoming business that you can then sell other things to. That's the thing that's so beautiful about what you're doing. I mean, it's like your foundation has set you up to literally just create a 
auto stream of new people coming in day after day after day. So a lot of people out there like are thinking like, wow, like how can I get started with that? How can I start making moves with that? You know, in terms of, I typically like to ask this at the end, but if you were to go back in time today and you could have whispered three things or one thing, two, whatever, into your ear when you're in school, that would have changed everything for you or saved you a lot of time and money. What would those things have been? Well, I mean, the first, the number one thing I always say to everyone um, when it comes to building something, even no matter how great or even not great your content is, consistency is the king. So I'll use my own journey as an example. From the very beginning of when I first released a video, so July 2nd, 2014, I remember the day perfectly. Um, I have not missed one week of video uploads since that date to this point. So I made a point to make sure I got one video out at least every single week from the very, very beginning. And I've never missed one week. And now I'm doing like, I try to do um, like two to four videos a week, normally around three to four, two is a minimum. But um, it's just the process of consistency that saves you so much time because people can work for like hours and hours and days and weeks and months on trying to increase this um and treat increase their quality increase their quantity but if they're not consistent no matter how good their shit is or how met, how much they put out it doesn't matter if they're not being consistent over a long duration of time that consistency is how you're going to really get past that norm and how you get to that next level in my opinion and then um another thing i tell myself this has been actually what's really really helped me be successful in the last year. I mean, in the last year is when I've actually noticed the most growth with my company. Um, and that's when I've actually taken over Anabolic Aliens 100% myself. And what I've really kind of changed my business philosophy in um, is how I kind of approach making my content and making my um, everything I do. So my products and everything, I don't really just put up content that I think might help people, meaning I put up content that I know is going to help people. I ask them, like I take, I read my comments, I read my DMs and I see the problems they have. And that's what, how I create my content. I don't just create content based off random stuff. I have that. I don't, and it's not even necessarily a plan. It's okay. This, my audience is saying they have a problem with this. So I need to help with that problem, and I know it's going to be effective because a pro that's a problem many people are facing. And the cool thing about what I do in fitness is I've went through all this journey myself. So I can relate to their situations, and then I can kind of storytell as I help fix problems, and that's how I create content. And I wish I'd been doing that from the start because my engagement and just my relevancy has skyrocketed being able to actually relate to people and create stuff to actually personally help them. That's one probably the biggest thing that I've noticed in the last year. Um, so that's two. One more. Um, I love I, that. <laughs> uh, I actually, so as you said, I've been doing. I was doing all the things college kids were doing. I mean, I loved going out, getting wasted with my friends. So <laughs> I never took away the mental fun of everything. But um, I definitely want. Wish I took more attention to my physique while I was in college. Um, I mean, I always cared about my physique. I tried to eat healthy. I always, I lifted consistently for like six and a half years straight now and I compete in powerlifting. But what I've found for fitness is aesthetics sells. I can be the strong, I'm a natural lifter. So there's going to be guys who are taking roids and who are you going to, who are you going to want to watch the roided guy deadlifting 800 pounds or the natural guy deadlifting 600 pounds. The average person would rather see the guy lifting more weight. So I'm like, if I'm not going to be the strongest 
I mean, I can still pursue that as my goal because I'm passionate about it and I love doing powerlifting. But for a business perspective, the more shredded I am, the average person wants to look better. So I have to be an ideal image of what people want to be themselves in order to optimize my business itself. Bam. Nice, dude. Those were all so solid. You know, but at the same time, you know, obviously it's all a lesson and it's like, you know, I love that question because it's like, you know, this is what I would have told myself. But at the same time, all those journeys, all those trials and tribulations that you figured out on your own have given you the confidence and have made you feel even more belief in yourself that you can freaking make moves and make things happen. So I love that answer. Thank you for for, for explaining that. So I kind of want to digress on on the business talk here. And I want to jump into something that I personally have just started looking into. So I'm very curious myself. Do you have any history in terms of um, fasting, um, in terms of intermittent fasting or or just – I mean, I'm just brand new to the subject. I just started doing it two days ago. So I would love to kind of hear like, you know, what is intermittent fasting? Have you ever done fasting? Like what's the longest you've ever fasted? Do you recommend fasting? Kind of something from there. Yeah, so I actually did. That's that's a great question, especially because I did it myself so I can speak from experience. I did intermittent fasting for a six-week period. I just wanted to test it out. I had some friends who were doing it and they absolutely loved the results. So I was like, why not? And then, um, so I did um, intermittent fasting is basically you're trying to manipulate your insulin release and use it to help spark more fat loss and some people even try to do it more geared toward gaining muscle. But for me and for the average person doing intermittent fasting, I think it's more geared toward fat loss um, or just even a more convenient lifestyle. Um, I know a lot of my – what I did was a 16-8 method, which means I was fasting 16 hours out of the day with an eight-hour eating window. And you want to have make sure that eating window is consistent um, just because you – you have to have that 16 hours. If it's that eight hours is not consistent, you're not doing that 16 hours properly because it'll just keep changing. So, I mean, it's actually a really cool process. Personally, I found it was great for fat loss. I lost fat at a faster rate, but since I am powerlifting and I do really care about building muscle and just overall power, I did notice like a little bit of a lack, um, not a lack, a decrease of strength. So I found it very great for cutting, but not great for um, strength or adding any mass. And even though I obviously was doing two cuts, so I wouldn't expect a lot of mass, but I did suffer in strength more so than I normally do on a regular cut. And the whole point basically with, um, the intimate, what I, I mean, like what I did regarding the fasting intervals was I set my eight hours up around my workouts because I wanted my workouts to be fueled since I was power, since I do power lift. A lot of people um, do their f- workouts fasted in their fasting window so they can just chill and eat and they're not kind of being too busy during that eating window so they can actually just eat. Um, I found it really convenient for business actually because I would I would just be working, not thinking about eating and it wasn't really a problem at all. A lot of people were worried they're going to get starving or something. Didn't even think about food if you stay busy. Right. And But the biggest thing about the um, IF is – when you first eat, you can don't eat a huge meal or you're going to feel like ass. You have to slowly ignite your um, insulin release. And that's why whenever I broke my fast, I'd just have an apple. And then like 40 minutes later, I would have my first meal. And if I had a big meal to break my fast, I would have a killer headache or I'd just be completely lethargic or something because all of that insulin release would just dis- completely destroy my body. It's too much at once. Um, 
but like you can the insulin release and the manipulation of it really can help shred some unwanted fat that may have been stubborn for a long period of time do you think that you're able to ingest the same amount of calories during intermittent fasting like are you eating the same amount of calories as in you would for breakfast lunch and dinner combined in that eight hour window or is it kind of just you're eating less in general just but extensively over that period of time Uh, if you really want to be serious and strict about it and get the maximal results then you should be logging your calories you should be logging your macros um and you you want to be doing the it's basically the same i always people always think it's a huge different diet change it's realistically the same principles as a regular caloric deficit, except you're doing it in intervals of like a fast and eating window. So you'd be eating the same calories as if you were doing a normal cut. You'd be setting up your macros the same. You'd just be doing it in a specific window. And personally, I don't find that challenging at all. I know some people, especially if people are trying to do IF and gain weight, <laughs> you have to be in a surplus. So maybe harder to eat all those calories in that specific window. And that's when I'd recommend something like a mass gainer drinks because it's easier to drink calories than um, eat them. So if you have trouble, you can drink some extra calories. But I mean, I personally found it actually relatively easier because you know when you need to be eating and you're going to be hungry. So it's just like, I got to eat. I got to get energy. <laughs> have, have you ever experienced with a uh, like a full day fast, like a 24 hour fast? No, nah, I, I don't. I don't think I don't want to do that. I mean, I've done a juicing where I've had. I mean, fasting means like you're having no insulin release. So like you can literally only have like black coffee and water. Um, I had, I've done a juicing like cleanse. I've never done just 24 hours fasting. I don't, it, that wouldn't really fit my goals at all. Let's talk about the juicing cleanse. Cause I, I've, I've started juicing. I've done it for about two weeks um, just to see how my body would feel on it. And a, it's a time process. Cause in the morning you got to wake up and you got to juice every morning, which is like a 45 minute to an hour ordeal. <laughs> just the, just the juice, everything, um, talked about juicing. Like what, what do you know about juicing? What can you tell us about juicing? Yeah. I mean, for me, when I do juicing, I mean, I don't want to claim, I know all these scientific facts about it. What I do when I do, um, the juicing is basically just to kind of clear up my system. I normally do it after like holiday season where had a couple bad days of eating or something and I planned for it and I knew I was going to basically not have a normal day of eating and just juice kind of flush out my system um clear out the digestive tract clear out um, my system from all like all that crappy toxins or whatever maybe I drank way too much on Christmas and just kind of help flush all that out of my system and um all the nutrients and micronutrients you get from the juicing I like when I do juicing I do vegetables and fruits not just fruits um um, I kind of make it into like a little bit of a more like a smoothie mix that you can make the juices actually from the vegetables too if you know how to kind of um, separate all the the rough parts you know what I mean but um it like it it really helps your body kind of re-energize itself and re-spark like rejuvenate so I'm a huge fan of doing just one day juice I don't know how two weeks work I've never done anything like that I just do it for one day to cleanse my system that's cool so just a 24 hour you wake up and you're just every two hours or so you're just drinking some juice exactly nice so you don't take you don't take steroids but you be juicing you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) is there so do you find yourself like like you said, you count all your calories and you count your micros and your macros. Do you feel like you're kind of like your own self-experiment when it comes to just your your own body? Like there's so many different, obviously, you know, uh, fad diets and stuff like that. Have has, has your diet changed significantly over time? And do you feel that you've landed on one particularly focused diet that you think works best for you? Or do you think it's going to something you're always going to experiment with? It's funny you say that because... 
like I said, in the last year was when I really established my personal kind of identity and business identity and everything's really been taking off in success. I've, this is the first time I've really focused on my diet. I mean, I was in college. I had a full meal plan. The dining halls are not ideal. Then I was home for a year just kind of saving up money and figuring out exactly what I, how I want to proceed. And I was under my parents cooking, which blessed, of course, but I mean, I wasn't doing it for myself. So I wasn't really counting in the specific ways I needed to do it. I was just thankful I was getting food. Now I'm living on my own and doing everything. And I started a series, actually, Bulk for Shred Life. Me and my buddy, I'm cutting. He was bulking, and we were showing the entire process. First episode was called The Human Experiment, <laughs> literally because exactly what it is. Like I was trying, I was first time ever being serious and very strict with my macros, with my calories. I mean, I've done caloric diets in the past. This is the first time I've been serious with my macros. And then I like manipulate them, change them, um, change around the calories, change around the free, um, the car percentages, the uh, protein percentages, the fat percentages, and really just changing everything around and seeing what how my body responded. And been like very transparent with the whole process, so other people can see it too. Because I'm basically going through the strictness the first time myself. Hopefully, it can help other people do with them themselves too. And I've noticed incredible results. I mean, I have the knowledge to do it. It's just I finally have the will and time and ability to do it myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's been a really fun and experimenting process. I mean, high protein I've found obviously is ideal for losing body fat while building and maintaining that muscle mass. Um, but I like when I have higher carbs, more energized when I have more, um, when I lower the carbs, I'm more lethargic when I, but like, it's all a part of like manipulating it, respiking your insulin, um, doing refeed days, doing maintenance days, and then just always playing around. So I don't think it'll ever be the same, but it's always really fun seeing how things work out. Can you give a quick example of the difference between macros and micros for anyone that doesn't know what that means? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I don't, act, I don't count mac micros. Got to be very, 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 <laughs> very, very, like intense if you're counting the micros. Um, some people do, some people don't. Um, I think the average person doesn't. Macros are your protein, carbs, and fats. Micros are like your vitamins and minerals. And you're into uh, powerlifting, which is which is intense. I mean, I see your <laughs> I see your videos and you're competing, and it's like I think you set a few records. Can you talk? What what records were those? Yeah, when I first started, um, I set. I was in the RPS Federation to begin with. Uh, I set the bench press world record, the total world record, and um, then four new England records for bench squat, total deadlift, and uh, yeah, bench squat, total deadlift. Yeah, all those. And um, in the New England when I was 18 and 19 in the RPS Federation. And then um, I, since that was kind of, um, it was a great starting federation. I really support RPS and I love them. Um, but I found USAPL to be much more competitive, so I switched into that federation. It's a, the most drug-tested federation left in powerlifting, so it's a real fail, fair playing field. Everyone's natty, which is what I love. It's competitive. It's fair. Um, and now I'm training. I went to nationals this year. Um, I did pretty well. Um, I want to go. I'm going training for nationals next year to really take it to hopefully get to worlds at some point. Dude, that's so cool that you're like competing. I mean, competition is one of the greatest like feelings like I miss high school sports even and just because you know like when you're on a team and you're and you're just playing against another a person there's just so much um just life force that's involved with that um shout out Tom Brady real quick absolute oh, absolute sav <laughs> so your powerlifting is like you know you as you grow up like this is a way that you can consistently compete against others 
So how has your kind of powerlifting changed over the years? Like, and like, what's it like when you freaking lift 600 pounds in front of a huge crowd screaming at you? Do you feel like you get extra strength because of just like the situation? Absolutely. It's exhilarating. The adrenaline rush is crazy. And I also sniff smelling salts right before my lifts. So I'm all loopy and going crazy and like blackout <laughs> when I lift anyway in a great way. <laughs> what is What does that even do when you smell ammonia basically um increases alertness it's what they put under your nose when you pass out to kind of wake you up uh it's just mental focus and it helps me get in the zone and i love it (laughs) nice have you ever had any like significant injuries that have really screwed you over in in lifting yes um i mean injuries happen especially when you're lifting heavy i first time i ever attempted 500 pound squat i tore my meniscus i no spotter being stupid um didn't know how to uh like fail properly so the bar before the bar rolled off my back my knee hit the ground with 500 pounds on my back and i tore my meniscus and was out for like three months from leg day which was brutal and then on um, another time when i first transitioned to the low bar squatting so the bars below your traps put your kind of shoulders in a compromised position until you establish that mobility i um i don't really even know really what happened this happened in my meat i guess I tore a little bit of my, I tore a little bone in my wrist without even knowing, and fluid leaked, and I actually ended up getting um, a tumor in my wrist. I mean, it was benign; it wasn't cancer, it wasn't cancerous or anything, but a, like a f- tumor fluid, uh, f- a fluid, and I couldn't hold anything with my right hand for like two months until they like all that fluid was gone and the bone healed, which was wild. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but um, other than that, it's just been like. Medical pro- I've always had medical problems. I mean, I, I've had two heart infections on top of pneumonia and things like that keeping me out. But injury-wise, those were the only two really significant situations. Do you ever get nervous with the heart infections when you're really pushing yourself that like you're, you're pushing yourself too much? Or do you think it, it helps the condition overall just because you, you become stronger and, and have more blood flow and everything? I mean, lifting obviously supports health. Right. I mean makes me stronger and everything. Um, I train cardio as well. I'm not just like the meathead who just lifts and never does cardio. I do cardio six days a week. Um, it's it's interesting you say it, ask because I'm not positive regarding the exact correlation, but um, just because all of my sicknesses in the past, I have a very crazy medical history and I've been to immunologists in Boston, like really like high up specialists and they don't know what the hell is wrong with me. I just randomly get sick and get like these significant sicknesses randomly. Um, I mean, healthier I can try to be, the healthier I feel like I'm going to be. So Amen. It just, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, health is uh health is, is one of those things that you take for granted until you lose it. But it's, <laughs> it's a blessing in disguise when you do lose it because it makes you appreciate when you have it. And I think that just like in business and life, going through those roadblocks, going through those challenges really defines you as a person and makes you appreciate like it's the person that has to struggle their entire way up that appreciates getting up there versus someone that's been given everything. It's not the same. Um, You are someone that has kind of struggled their way to the top, um, but you've done it with a giant smile on your face, which is look at that, like a huge smile. So cardio what's the best cardio like because i'm a big fan of the stairmaster i'm all about it i just love it i think it's phenomenal um what cardio would you recommend for the average person that gives them the best the best burn i mean i love i love the stairmaster too mainly because it's just you just get on stairs and walk it's pretty relatively simple and you burn a lot of calories and get a crazy sweat going 
most optimal cardio I've ever done and what I always recommend to everyone is hit Tabata cardio. Tabata's form of hit, hit is high intensity interval training. Um, Tabata is set up 20 seconds high intensity followed by 10 seconds of rest and repeated for a four minute circuit. And that's one set. I was doing four to five sets. So um, 16 to 20 minutes, that's max of cardio a day. And I was, I shred body fat like crazy doing Tabata cardio because just the, it also creates an afterburn effect where you're burning calories for literally 24 hours after you do your hit circuits at rest. So you're burning more calories at rest, you increase your metabolism, and the amount of calorie expenditure in those short intervals is actually much higher than if you were doing just your steady state or some other form of just kind of going through the motion cardio. Um, and so it's like, it's basically a, an, an example of like, I'll give you a quick Tabata workout that you can try at your home. <laughs> jumping jacks, then burpees, and then mountain climbers, and then high knees. And then you repeat. So it would be like jumping jacks, one set, and then it'd be burpees, and then it'd be mountain climbers, and then it'd be high knees, and then you repeat that, and that'd be one set. And you do four to five sets of that, and you will hate me, but you'll thank me later. That's great. Yeah, your home. You seem to be one thing that, like, your you, I, when I check your YouTube videos out, that really stand out is you seem to put an emphasis on creating workouts that people can do at home. And I think there's this one video. Um, well, I know there's a video where you do this forearm workout, and it's hilarious because it's just it's funny because I you know I've known you for so long and I see you just in there just flexing your forearms, <laughs> and, and that video's got like multiple millions of views. Yeah. That's the video that really took everything off. It went viral. And then um, my, that whole series went viral. So <laughs> that's what sparked everything. Yeah, that's crazy. And you never know what video is going to go viral, would you say? No, you have no clue. <laughs> it's just it is what it is. Search engine optimization. You can do your best and improve your metadata. Do you feel like did you ever have to go to courses to learn a lot about SEO and SEM or stuff? Or did you just kind of self-learn? All self-learned. Editing, everything I do, all self-learned. Do you think like the average person should go in? Like, have you ever created courses beyond workout courses? Um, I mean, diet courses, workout courses. I haven't done anything like SEO exactly. I've done um, consultations for business and helping people kind of improve their SEO, but I've never done a course for it. So you do coaching, and coaching includes walking people through their diets as well as their workouts. Is that correct? I mean, they have the option. We can, I do diet coaching. I do uh, workout coaching. I do workout and diet coaching, whatever people have want and, you know. And you can do whatever. that from your laptop. Yep. I do everything um, all online. It's the best. That's cool. How yeah, I feel like, you know, you have the life where you can basically go and live in another country and, and work from your computer. Yeah, it's very mobile. I love it. <laughs> well, dude, like, what would you say? Um, I, I've loved all this insight that you've said on this. I mean, everything you've done has been a you're just such a good dude, which is really cool. <laughs> you're like the least cocky person I know. You have such a good heart on you. You love your friends. You're just you're just such a good day one homie. And you know you're crushing it, man. You have, your, your your subscribers are off the chains. Your exercise is a is a home run, and you know you really are setting yourself up three five years out from now from having everything you could ever dream of and helping so many people at the start of it. And I think that's super important. Um, one thing that one staple question we ask everyone on the cast is, you know, what would you say to the person that right now might be working, say, a nine to five job? Um, either they love it, uh, they might hate it. Either you know they're they're making no money or they're making straight Google engineering money. They're they're crushing it. They're making two fifty a year. 
you know, they got a great lifestyle, but you know, in the back of their mind, they just feel unfulfilled. They don't feel like they're learning something new. They don't feel like they're living to their full potential, but maybe in the back of their mind, they've had some hint in their, in their, in their, in their brain where they're like, wow, like I could start my own business or, or I could start my own fitness app, or maybe, maybe, maybe I could become my own independent entrepreneur or boss. What would you say to that person that's right on the cusp of making a significant change in their life? Freaking go for it. You are, if you have an idea and really believe in that idea, just go for it. You can, I'll say for, from experience, I have so many different ideas and the ones I don't go for are the ones that basically are just always roaming in my head where, I mean, you gotta, you gotta stabilize yourself and focus on kind of one thing at a time. But as an entrepreneur mindset, you're going to have so many different ideas and you just got to take action. You know, you're going to keep having these things roam in your head. And you, if you don't ever take action on something that you think can really be successful, you're never going to find out. And I mean, if, if you love your job, what you're doing right now, you're nine to five, you love it. Um, and you're kind of just looking for something more, start a side hustle, see what you can do. Just be a little consistent with something in your free time. I mean, if you actually enjoy what you're doing and love it, it's not going to be more work time. It's going to be you doing something you love and you can create something into something more where versus if you actually hate what you're doing, just freaking stop. If, I mean, if you are able to stop what you're doing, stop or slowly cut back. I mean, I don't want to say cold turkey and then you screw yourself over and can't afford rent or something, but like, I mean, you got to be smart. Everyone's going to be in different situations, but you gotta, you gotta do what you love. And when you're doing what you love, and can really pursue something further than just than just like starting a business. You can just pursue something that you're actually passionate about. It's going to turn into something much more than you even thought imaginable. So just just get after it. That's I think it's a huge mistake to wait. Just whatever you can do, even if it's one thing a week, it's better than doing nothing at all. Just start it up. Hell yeah, that's that's some serious brain fairies right there. <laughs> that's the formula: make moves, stop overthinking about it take action and uh what's the worst thing that's gonna happen um yeah that's one thing in our world you could you like the worst thing that could happen people still will forget about it a week from now right there's so many things people are so stuck in thinking what everyone else is gonna think about their ideas and then there's this one thing where people say like the main reason why people don't get started maybe putting out that video or they don't get started building the business or whatever it is, is that they care so much about how people are going to perceive them when they're low, when they're small, when they're little. You know, how are people going to look at me when I, you know, haven't even, you know, built any sort of subscriber base or how that it's like you got to look at yourself and, and see yourself as a future Mike Rosa that's in this position that takes years and years to build and you got to feel like that. So Mike, you're a freaking living, living legend. How can people follow the journey of the anabolic alien? <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, YouTube is anabolic aliens. My app is X surprise. It's a free download in the app and play store. And then my website, anabolicaliens.com and my social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at anabolic aliens. Beautiful. Well, Mike, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a blast. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.